0: You're listening to Freedom Christian Fellowship's podcast. You've thrown it around, but oftentimes we don't really understand what that word means. And here is what righteousness is. It's the understanding that we have as people of God on how to walk in a state of approval before God with integrity, with virtue, with purity of life, with uprightness, correctness, and our feeling, thinking, and acting Righteousness gives us the ability to be Christ-like in the way we think, in our mind, in the seat of our emotions, and in the fruit, the faith of our life, the things that we live out. The thing about righteousness is this, is that righteousness is not something that we can attain in and of ourselves. If we could attain righteousness in and of ourselves then there would have been no need for Jesus to do what he did when he came to earth. So Jesus did it for us. I know maybe this isn't something that you pondered before, but we should. Why did Jesus have to be perfect? Why did Jesus lead a sinless life? Part of the reason is this, is that he did it because he was the perfect sacrifice. He was the pure and spotless lamb that was slain. But the other reason why Jesus did this is because he modeled the reflection of righteousness on the earth for us. Meaning this, that he lived in a manner toward his father that allowed the life of his father to to shine through him. That is why Jesus throughout the gospels would say over and over again, I do the things that I see my father do. That's actually a statement of righteousness. Righteousness. And Jesus lived this out. He lived this out, and He did it as a model for us, but not a model that's something that we can just choose to do. It's something that we must receive from Him. He did it for us. There's a word, a big word, that explains this in the understanding of the doctrine of righteousness, and it's the word imputed, which means this, to be placed on and in. And righteousness had to be imputed in us. 2 Corinthians 5.21 says this, God made Him who had no sin to be sin for us, so that in Him we might become the righteousness of God. This is the word imputed. This is the word imputed. That as we've taken on, as we've taken on the righteousness of God, As Jesus has shown us this, this is what it means to be imputed. Righteousness is the reflection of the nature of God and the lived out actions of our life. In Romans 4, 2 and 3, it says this. If in fact Abraham was justified by works, he had something to boast about, but not before God. What does scripture say? Abraham believed God and it was credited to him as righteousness. See, the thing about righteousness is that righteousness has to be lived out. The reason why Jesus has given us righteousness is so that we can live out the nature of the Father on the earth. The breastplate of righteousness is something that God gives us to empower us to live out His calling in our life. The enemy is hates when any son or daughter of God begins to step out in their calling. This is why the breastplate of righteousness is so, so important. So how does righteousness guard our life? There's two ways that righteousness begins to guard our life. The first way is this, is that it protects the mind. It protects the mind. Ooh, I love this. I love this. Righteousness protects the mind. And scripturally speaking, the mind is the seat of our heart from which the spirit moves. There's different contexts to the idea of the mind. Whenever we talk and we hear about the peace of God that surpasses our understanding our mind, that guards our heart and our mind, that's one place. But also there is another place within your spirit, the mind. Whenever the scripture says that we've received the mind of Christ is that righteousness protects this place, the mind. And here is how the enemy attempts to distort this position in us, is by taking our cares and our concerns and throwing them out of context to allow us to begin to worry and be concerned about the wrong things. Jesus said this in Matthew six twenty through 21 Very simple, he says, but store up for yourselves treasure in heaven where moths and vermin do not destroy and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Jesus is making a point here and he's saying, listen, whatever controls the value of your heart is going to control you. See, the reality is is that the enemy understands that, and what the enemy attempts to do is to get you to bite on a lie about your future. The cares of this life. If the enemy can get you diverted by the cares of your life and try to spin those things out of control in you in the way that you think about them, then you will be sidelined from what God has called you to do. And the only way that you can combat those lies is through understanding your righteousness. And so the enemy comes in, and he begins to sow lies. But our righteousness begins to tell us that we serve a God who cares about our yesterdays. That he's dealt with the hurts and the rejections of the past. Don't raise your hand, but have you ever been tangled up? in a place of understanding that you know you're called to do something, but something in your yesterday, something in the way of a failure, something in the way of a hurt, something that happened to you, that keeps popping up. And what that is, is an all-out lie that tries to get you to devalue or not understand the righteousness that Jesus Christ has given you. And so what God does is this, and part of righteousness is this, is redeeming us for this purpose and reconciling those things in our life that the enemy has attempted to use to destroy us. So that our yesterdays cannot cripple us anymore. So that the things of the past cannot cripple us anymore. But the only way you're going to understand that is by firmly understanding and allowing your mind, the seat of your heart to be guarded by the identity of Christ Jesus in you. If all that you are identified by is your past and the mistakes and the garbage of yesterday, then you will be a victim to that. And anytime the enemy chooses to come in and plant a lie and remind you about a yesterday, you're going to fall victim to that. And the reason why Jesus has given us righteousness and it's a breastplate on us is for the very purpose, the very purpose of being able to stand up in the identity that he's given us. We have a God who cares about our today. That He understands the burdens that you're walking through. And He says, listen to me, I'm going to take care of you. I'm going to walk you through this. I'm going to walk you through this deep water you're walking into this high mountain that you're climbing. We have a God who protects our future. He protects our future. And until these areas are secured in our understanding, the seat of our mind... The idea of righteousness can be tampered with. And so we have to go to Christ Jesus and we have to allow the Holy Spirit to make the reality of the protection and the identity of Jesus Christ a reality in our life. God, if you died for me, if you laid down your life, you care for me. You call me a son. You call me a daughter. You call me an overcomer. You've promised to take care of my tomorrow. You've promised. You've promised. The seat of our mind. But then, the second place that righteousness protects is this. Is our emotions. Our emotions. And our emotions are the overflow of our mind. And the enemy understands that if he can twist our understanding about the, the goodness and the identity of the Father in us, he can begin to tweak on our emotions. Listen to this in Philippians 4, 8 and 9. It says this. Finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable. If anything is excellent and praiseworthy, think about such things. Whatever you have learned or received or heard from me or seen in me, put it into practice, and the God of peace will be with you. There are times that the enemy attempts to twist on our emotions, to begin to pull us out of a place of understanding of what God has spoken and said to us, to remove us from our future. And the only way, the only way that we can settle that within our emotions is to fix our eyes firmly back on what Jesus and who Jesus is. Whatever is pure. Whatever is lovely. Whatever is noble. Whatever is true. Whatever is admirable. If anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think on these things. What happens when we do that? What happens when we begin to fix our eyes and begin to fix our heart on these places? What happens when we're in the turmoil of the place of our emotions that are being twisted around and the enemy is working overtime on our emotions? What do we do? How do we stop that? How does righteousness play into that? Righteousness plays into that when we choose for a second to stop and to fix our eyes on the truth of who Jesus is. And the scripture says something powerful and miraculous happens. As we begin to fix our eyes on Jesus, on the truth of who he is, the Bible says this then the God of peace comes and is with you. He is with you. He is with you. There's no soldier in the Roman army that would dare go into battle without his breastplate, he would feel naked. would feel vulnerable. And there's a there's a reason why Paul makes the connection between the breastplate being righteousness in our life, because if we cannot come to a place of understanding what Jesus did for us by giving us and making us the righteousness of God, if we can't understand how that identity comes in his in us and shapes us and begins to mold us so that we can begin to approach the Father and understand that He is for us, that He takes care of our yesterdays, the pains of yesterday, that He's big enough for today, and He's certainly got our future covered. We're going to be vulnerable also, but you know what else is that you can't begin to take a step of faith in something that you do not believe to be true for you. And I want to explain this. Justin, come on up, man. I'm going to drop this short. Some of you have been in a position where you are crying out to God. I want you to hear me right now. And you're standing in a place of faith almost like you're begging God. You're saying, God, I'm doing this, I'm doing this, I'm doing this. And you're saying, it's not working, nothing's happening, I don't know what's going on, I don't know why, I'm I'm staying in a place of faith. But the reality is this, is that faith has nothing to latch on to until your righteousness is established in Christ Jesus. Why? Because you can't believe something that you do not know to be true about who you are in Jesus Christ. And so you have to understand this and begin to walk in this place and begin to hunger for this and begin to step into this as you come into the Word, as you go into prayer, as you spend time in worship, that it has to be something that you take on and say, Holy Spirit, show me that I am the righteousness of God in Jesus Christ. Show me that I am, I am loved. Show me that I am approved by Jesus Christ, show me how it begins to form and shape my identity because when that understanding comes, you've got a launching pad for your faith. You've got a launching pad for your faith. See, you can't, you can't, you can't stand up and go, I'm more than an overcomer and I'm standing on faith, but you don't know how Jesus is overcoming you you're not firmly convinced that your yesterdays are behind you because he's made all things new, and that's what imputed righteousness is. See, and and, and simply this, at the cross, when Jesus was there and he took our sin upon him, and this is the exchange, this is how imputedness works, is that Jesus said, Andy, let me have all of the pains, let me have all of the sin, let me have all of the effect of your sin, I'm going to take it upon me. Every bit of fear, every bit of failure, every time somebody's done something to you that stung, that hurt you, I'm going to take that. And here's what I'm going to give you in place, is that I'm going to give you a new identity, and it's going to to come from the revelation of the love of my Father. But I want you to know something about my father, Andy, is I want you to know who he is. He's the creator, Andy. And as creator, when he speaks things into existence, they stop being one thing and they become another thing. See, he's the guy who said, light, let it be, Andy. He's the guy who's actually able to take things that are completely shut off and dark and bring them into light and life. And see, Andy, he didn't just do that in creation. He does that. He wants to do that in your heart. And if you will believe and allow this to become who you are, imputed to you, it will change your life and it will begin to change your identity. See, because I'm taking the things that used to identify you and and I'm asking you to take on the thoughts of my father and the truth of what my father says and allow that to shape your life. See, because from that place, I don't have to muster up any kind of emotion to believe that I'm a conqueror. From that place, I'm not seated and sitting in the confidence of my own ability or my own flesh. See, that's self-righteousness. You want to know the difference between righteousness and self-righteousness? Is any time you do something that you think is praiseworthy that makes God love you more, that's self-righteousness. Anytime you think you do something where you think you deserve a badge or you deserve something and you say, God loves me because I did that, that's self-righteousness. Because the full measure of the love of the Father was shown to you at the cross. And so we don't stand in our own confidence. We don't plant our foot of faith off of our own confidence, or our own ability. Instead, we launch off of the confidence that we have in the righteousness of Jesus Christ because of what He said. How does this happen? This week, as I was thinking about this and and saying, Lord, how how do we put this into action here? How do we put this into action? Righteousness is in action. It's something that we have to begin to move and take a step toward. As God speaks something in us, as he begins to tell us something, we need to begin to move toward that truth. And so for some of you today, you need to start doing what God has called you to do. Start doing that which reflects the reason why you were brought into redemption. You know what's so powerful about weeks like last week when we have things that are prophetic and they move and they speak and they do these things is that they begin to launch a measure of this righteousness in us. It's the thoughts of the Father. It's the identity of the Father. It's the truth that the Father sees you and loves you. And that's so critical and so important. But you know how to stop a prophetic word dead in its tracks? It's to not take a step of faith toward it. Because it's the clearest opportunity that you have to understand what God is saying and to begin to move. And so for every one of us this morning, we need to take a step toward something that reflects the reason why we've been brought into redemption. Some of you know what that is. Some of you know what God's called you to do. Some of you are still wrestling with it, and that's okay. That's okay. Keep wrestling with it. Some of you have to start simple. Start with the acts that show the love of Jesus that you think are powerful. How did Jesus speak to you? What did He say to you? What touched your heart? As you begin to think about what redemption looks like and what Jesus looks like and how Jesus looks tangibly As he touches somebody's life, what does that look like to you? How can you take part in that? How can you take a simple step and walk toward that? Where can you start? Begin to soak yourself in that truth. Begin to think on these things and activate these things. And then finally, stay full of the Holy Spirit. Stay full of the Holy Spirit. Let me give you just a breakdown of how you do that really quick in your life. Is that there has to be time every day that you spend. The starting place is time in prayer. That you have to spend some time in prayer every day. If you pray in the Spirit, then pray in the Spirit. But from that place, dive into the Word. Dive into the Word. Have something that you're looking at in the Word, whether it's a study that you have or some place that you go in the word, why? Because as you pray and as the Holy Spirit begins to speak to you and move through you, the Word of God is going to begin to light up in front of you. It's going to begin to become powerful to you. You spend time in the Word. and then time considering how the Lord is speaking. How is the Lord speaking to you? For some of you, that's a little difficult because some of you may have never felt like you've heard the Lord speak to you before, but this is why I'm giving you this, this order, if you would. And a slight little promise to you that if you would begin to pray every day, begin to pray every day, and specifically pray and ask the Lord to reveal and make the understanding of the righteousness, the Where how Jesus has planted you. A reality in your life. And when you go to the word. If you would just take and write down a few things. Things that the Lord is showing you. Even though they might sound silly. Even though they might sound trite. Begin to write them down. Because I promise you. I know this for a fact. That God desires to speak to you. That he desires to do this. And then finally. What God has given you, begin to share it. Share it with somebody. Text it to somebody. Begin to say, hey listen, this is what's on my heart. I just thought this might encourage you. Begin to give it away. Why? Because as you do that, strength is being built up in you. The understanding of what God is calling you to is being seen in you. You're familiarizing yourself by hearing God through His Word, through prayer. You're feeding your heart. Your spirit, you're protecting your mind, and you're building up that breastplate of righteousness. Amen? Amen. Let's pray. Father, this morning I thank you. I thank you so much for what you've spoken to us in your word. Lord, for every person here, Father, I declare that the the understanding... Lord, the knowing, Father God, of the righteousness that you've seated us in, Christ Jesus. Lord, that that would be fixed in our hearts and our minds. God, that that would just be attached to who we are, that it would begin to shape. Lord, the way that we see ourselves. Lord, for every person this morning that is dealing, that is dealing, Lord God, with something in their past, Or something that they're facing today. Or Lord God, something that they know that you've called them to. Lord, that looks too big for them. I pray, Holy Spirit, that you would ground them in the understanding of who they are in you, Jesus Christ. That you are the Father who has taken care of our yesterdays. That there's nothing in the past. That there's nothing in the past. That you are not able to cover, that can control our future. That there's nothing today that we are walking through That it's too big for You. That just like You've clothed the lilies of the valley, Lord God, You care for every one of us. And Holy Spirit, let the confidence of understanding that they are Your son, that they are Your daughter, that that love would begin to overwhelm them and begin to plant confidence and strength inside of them to move in the area that you've called them. God, I pray, Lord God, as we begin to just anchor ourselves in the truth of your word, and as we begin to saturate ourselves in that, that you would begin to speak to us, that you'd begin to fill us, and it begin to spill over in our life, that it would be contagious as we share it, Lord God. Lord, we thank you for that. We thank you for the strength. And Lord, that there is not one lie that the enemy could ever plant that is bigger or more powerful than the truth, Jesus, of who you are in us. Thank you, Jesus, for that. Amen and amen. Amen. You stand to your feet. Can I just have one or two ministry teams come up? This morning, If I know many of you came up and received prayer at, during communion. But if you need prayer for anything that you're walking through, we want to be here for you. Maybe it's a relationship that you're walking through or something that's going on in your physical body. We want to pray for you. We want to stand with you. We want to love you. We want to be there. Just wrap our arms around you. We know God does powerful things. It's who He is. He is faithful. He is good. He is true. Amen. He is faithful. He is good. And He is true. Let me just uh, bless you. Father, thank you for every person. Declare your blessing, your grace, and your mercy upon each one of them. In the name of Jesus. Amen. If you need prayer this morning for anything, come up. We love you so much. We'll see you Wednesday.